Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and otherwise identified, we are back. It is the Sean and G podcast, and it's post-lockdown thoughts. It is the reunion. Your two best friends, your two newest best friends, they've reunited. It is, of course, Sean and G. My name is Sean, and off, if I'm a little red riding hood, then this is definitely the big bad wolf. It is G. How are you today, G? Good, mate. Good. And how good is this special edition to be recording live together in Avoca Beach in uh, what could be a better day, but um, all good nonetheless. We are, in fact, ladies and gents, filming in person for the first time, or recording in person, I should say. It's the first time that the Sean and G podcast has been recorded in the same room because, as we all know, lockdown has lifted and... The tuna fish and yours truly have managed to get themselves in a room together at Avoca Palms Resort uh, overlooking the beach. It's been quite a little journey, I must say. Yeah. But it, mate, what an absolute privilege it is to be side by side. The big chin until is the deep south. <laughs> Head south for warmer waters. And uh, here we are. So what a... What an incredible moment in the podcast uh, in terms of we beat it and here we are. When we started this thing, it was about the fact that you and I, we were calling each other up maybe once or twice a week, just talking absolute waffle. And we thought, I wonder whether anyone, like you were sharing so many stories that I'd forgotten about and vice versa, I think. And so we thought, why don't we start putting pen to paper and actually hit the record button and share it with a few of our closest friends and family um turns out a few people listened uh the podcast has been doing okay g i it, it surprises yeah. me but we got through season one which was lockdown thoughts and now it's season two uh it's the sean and g podcast it's lockdown thoughts at this it's post lockdown thoughts at this stage because we are post lockdown um for for both of us in new south wales it's only been a matter of a couple of weeks uh, since we've been out of this thing called lockdown, our our friends and family in Victoria are emerging as well. Uh, things are starting to return to normal. Uh, and it looks like being able to cross borders and travel overseas could be a reality all of a sudden. Gee, I didn't, think, I didn't think we could do it, but, yeah. but we've, we've done it. Always light at the end of the tunnel. And here we are. And you're right. For a while there, it kind of looked like the norm was here to stay for a while. But um, yeah, come come the end of September and and here we are in early no October to mid mid October and things have changed and we're on our way out. Light at the end of the tunnel, big things coming. And we will talk um, in in terms of episodes to come. We want to definitely touch on post lockdown uh, anxieties uh, because I definitely hand on heart. Um, look, it's been a little bit more of a challenge than I thought it would be, um, I must say. I didn't realise how comfortable I'd become in my little cocoon. Living your hermit life. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't realise the kind of feelings that I'd be um, having when I was surrounded by people and in establishments. So we'll get to that in uh, some future episodes because I know that there's quite a few people that are really keen to hear um, and, and to share some of their own observations and feelings. So we'll get to that pretty soon. But today it's all about the reunion. The reunion. Here we are, reunited, back again on the Central Coast. And it got me thinking, gee, how many other people are hanging out 
to be reunited uh, with friends and family. So I want to jump into that pretty much straight away. And then, of course, we will um, we've got a few stories to share, as we always do. And then we've got the the trend that needs investigating um, before we round out this episode one of season two of the Sean and G podcast. But people being reunited and mate, I must say, when I'm watching the news, um, it's hard not to feel the pain um, that others are feeling in terms of being locked out from getting to see their friends and family. Yeah, there's some crazy stories out there uh, behind people being kept apart, which, you know, it really sort of hits home when you hear, when you hear some of these things. But, yeah, we're, we're at the end of the tunnel. Life's at the end of the tunnel and things are starting to change, um, including this meeting here. And I'm, I might add, because obviously not everyone's here in the room with us watching. No, they're not. But while we were setting up, um, we cracked a bag of salt and vinegar chips. Oh, it happened to be a mutual favourite. It wasn't a small bag. It wasn't a large bag. It was a medium-sized bag. No, it was the big bag. <laughs> <laughs> but it's already finished. It's gone. The bowl's empty. Let me uh, rattle this bowl. I don't know if the You won't be able to hear anything. It's, it's, a, it's an empty bowl. <laughs> There's just the crumbs left at the bottom. And, uh, you know, set up. I'm sure people are thinking, oh, but you had to set up. Yeah, we, we plugged in a laptop and a microphone. <laughs> All of 10 minutes work, but the bag's gone. <laughs> Um, and it must be said, like, if you haven't already listened to some of the earlier episodes in season one, we touch on salt and vinegar chips. And I know that they're, you either love them or you hate them. And, and we, we've met many fans of the salt and vinegar chip, the crisp, as our good friend Ben, who was in one of our earlier episodes, uh, mentioned he was very impressed. We called them crisps and not chips, the Englishman that he is, um, Ponzi Southerner that he is. But he said, um, Look, with the salt and vinegar, you either love them or you hate them. And for you and I, it's been one of those since year one when we were both love six, at first sight. Six years old, you're you're standing in the canteen line, you're waiting to see what everyone else is having. Having me myself, I've gone for the the chocolate milk. Big fan of the chocolate milk, and a big bag of uh, salt and vinegar crisps chips. I look across the line and and there he is. It's the new kid. He's changed schools year one, <laughs> and he himself <laughs> had his packet as well. And it was you that taught me that the most essential part of enjoying of enjoying the salt and vinegar chip is when you first open the packet, one must have a big sniff through their big snoz of the fumes that have just been gathering. It's it's a three-step process. Go on. It's the shake, the pop, and the sniff, and then you indulge. You can't have the first chip unless unless you've sniffed the pack, right? Yeah. You've got to let those fumes. Exactly. They've been fumigating in the bag <laughs> since it was joined together. You've you, got to let them release. So you've you've come you, – you, you've, um, you've been doing a bit of business, so hence why you're um, – you're floating around the place in these uh, new rules that we must adhere with. And you had a couple of beers last night. You've had a look. We should say, of course, the first thing, which was very rude of me not to ask, but the beverage of choice this evening. Good point. Good point. Yeah, we've, we've been floating around. We decided to try a local, a local brew here. So we're on the Six String Brewing Co. Pale Ale. And it's and, from uh, it's from Erina, which is uh, just over the the hill from Avoca. So we 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 picked up the local slab, um, 
again, it's the show of unpaid unpaid plugs. Um, yeah, they got no idea we're here. Or <laughs> Shout out to Six String. <laughs> yeah, and, and give them a go if you haven't, because the look, the one we're enjoying this, uh, what's it called, the, the pale ale. Hey, it's it's pretty good. However, for G, he's off the back of a couple of beers last night, a couple of these six drinks, and he he goes through the three step process, the shake, the pop, and the sniff. And then he goes for the taste, which is meant to be the victory. It's meant to be crossing the finish line. That's right. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I can't repeat that. <laughs> Please. I couldn't taste it. <laughs> my my inner cheeks were lined with pale ale. It sounds so wrong now that I've said it again. And I understand why you're laughing so much when I said it the first time. <laughs> but then I could taste the salt and vinegar on my lips, but not on my inner cheeks. So you said, you, you asked me, are these salt and vinegar or are these original chips? Because I can't taste them. <laughs> to which you said they're as good as ever. <laughs> yeah, it's the strongest S&V I've had for a while. Oh, gosh. But the reuniting. So um, myself, like... And I know you're on the same case. I've, I've got family over in uh, Queensland. I've got a cousin that's just given birth to her first child. Um, I've got my sister that's up in Queensland as well. I haven't seen them for a very long time because you've just been unable to. And I see on the news um, a few things. The, the first one was when the snap lockdown happened and the borders closed. There's a lot of people now camping, a lot of Queenslanders that can't cross the border and they're stuck camping. Um, on northern New South Wales areas. And the other one was around, the other thing I saw which was really bizarre, it was kind of it, it was kind of like the Berlin Wall arrangement where along the border, if you had parents who were separated and one might be living in New South Wales and one was in Queensland, they weren't able to cross the border, but they were able to pass a child over the wall to return them to the other parents so they could yeah, wow. fulfill their um, guardianship duties. What a weird yeah. world. Yeah, crazy. I thought that was Cold War era stuff, but it's still happening. It's still happening now. Mm. Mm. Um, but the camping, I wanted to touch on you because um, you're not one to go camping. And although in season one we, we touched on some of our camping expeditions and the, the infamous brownies that went missing, um, but your thoughts around someone being uh, unable to return home because they'd have to go into hotel quarantine and have to pay substantial amounts, and so now they're just pitching a tent. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's really unprecedented times, isn't it? And it's incredible to think what people have been through, not even to see family, like even just hearing you, like not not being able to see family in Queensland, which has been basically the norm for such a long time. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, but um, and you've got family in Victoria, and you haven't been able to go down there either. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's just it's like you're living in different countries, um, different parts of the world. But I, th I like to think we're at the end of end of all that. We're very close to the end, and I think that's very exciting. It is really exciting, and and it got me thinking that um, Australia and New Zealand have such a close relationship, and there's a lot of New Zealanders that live in Australia and vice versa. There's a lot of business that gets conducted across the Tasman. Um, 
but just the number of people that are stuck in either country and they haven't been able to see loved ones, haven't been able to attend weddings or, or say goodbye at funerals. They haven't been able to see grandchildren. Um, and, and then that just is uh, magnified across the globe. Right? You, you and I both have family in Europe and you've got family in America and, and it just the, the web gets bigger and bigger. And it just got me thinking how the distance actually it kind of doesn't become a factor anymore because everyone's just forbidden to see their family, extended family. It doesn't matter whether your family lives up the road or whether they're a 24-hour flight around the world. Mm. Mm. Everyone's kind of in the same boat. Yeah, exactly right. And I think the conversation is no longer we're going to do this. Everyone's going to do it. It's more so how. How do we do it? And what what does it look like? And bringing that back to to this little podcast story where, you know, we've recorded so many remotely. We're finally getting to the same place mm. to record a podcast together. And then look at the drama we've had since we got it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, you know, you just – everyone's going to do it. You're going to do it, but what does it look like? How does it look? You think the easy things are going to be easy. They're not, though. The They're easy not- things are bloody tough. And – Gee, you left it up to me to book the hotel, and I thought I did a, a pretty bang-up job in getting us a a pretty tidy apartment. We've got the ocean view. We're, we're in Avoca. It's beautiful. Um, but we're not in our first room here, are we? No. Let's clarify that. Since we checked in and we checked in today. <laughs> <laughs> this is room number two on day one, and it was almost going to be room three if I didn't say thank you. Can we not do that, please? Because I really don't want to have to move rooms again. First world problems, of course. But the reason we had to move rooms in the first place, G, do you want to maybe share it with the listeners? Yeah. Yeah, look, I think I'll do it because obviously you're still traumatized. <laughs> I'm saying what you're saying. So we check in. We check in and um, we head up to this room. And it's a it's a beautiful room. Uninterrupted views of Avoca Beach, local cricket field, plenty to see, great outlook, a lot of greenery. We're hanging out, and um, I call it first. Had to make a stop uh, in the gentleman's, and it's a three-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment. So there's two bathrooms, and I saw some things in my bathroom, just ignored it, carried on, and then you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you said, oh, "I've got to make a stop. No worries." And uh, it was just a number one, mind you, like just a quick job. Yeah, and then you come back. And you say, I think there's a fish in my toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever heard that sentence ever in your life? I think there's a fish in my toilet. (laughs) I thought you were trying to go for a number one in the fish tank, to be honest (laughs) with you. (laughs) But I didn't see the fish tank. And then, sure enough, I come and have a look, and there's there's an uncooked piece of fish. It could have been cooked. I don't think it was cooked. It was a fillet of fish. It was like... You, you thought it might have been barramundi. I thought it might have been a piece of salmon. But there's a, a it was a big chunk of filleted fish sitting in the toilet. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're having, like, a family dinner and then, you know, mum says you can't eat more chicken until you finish your veggies. Yeah. But in this case, the kid must have loved veggies. He wanted more veggies. Mum said, well, you've got to finish your fish first. And you can get more veggies. So what's he done? So what do you do with the fish? 
It's not a sneaky. Put it in the master ensuite's toilet. <laughs> but because things have been in lockdown for so long, right? No one had been in this apartment for three months. That's right. We went down to reception and we said, look, I'm sure you get this all the time. <laughs> I said, this is probably the most bizarre thing you've, you've ever heard before. But well, you didn't want to show the picture. I, I took a photo and I didn't want to share the photo with the receptionist because I didn't want her to have to see what I had seen. Basically, this fillet of fish, a raw fillet, has been sitting in the toilet with the lid closed um, for three months. No one had been in this apartment for three months. And the fish has basically been on the outside. It's basically cooked. It's still raw in the center. Um, kept pretty well. Kept pretty well. It'll be a secret. Toilet water fish. Well, I've heard how you can cook a lasagna <laughs> in a dishwasher. So maybe cooking a fillet of fish in a toilet is not so bizarre after all. But anyway, I had to go down to reception and say, this is really awkward, but there's a fish in my toilet. Um, it hasn't just like swum up the pipes <laughs> and filleted itself. Because there's no fins. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what do we do? And so anyway, long story short. They moved us to an even nicer apartment. So the good folk at Avoca Palms um, have done us a good job. They looked after us and they've put us in a, a beautiful suite with even better ocean views. And then what happened, G? We'd, we'd moved apartments. We've had to climb a bunch of stairs, move the car, finally get settled in, get the podcast set up. And then what happens? Yeah. So, we, we, you know, we're a bit hesitant about moving because we'd already parked the car. We'd already unpacked the bags, been yeah. down to the shops, got some beers, got some food. And uh, we're pretty settled, pretty settled. We're just getting ready to, to go for a swim and and then, um, you know, get the podcast going. There's a knock on the door. And uh, he didn't actually say his name, did he? Just, who he is. Yeah, just knocked on the door and he says, boys, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We send our apologies, but we're going to have to ask you to move again. And, you know, we checked his apartment when we came in. We checked for fish in the toilet. Yeah, first thing we did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we checked for chicken in the dishwasher. We, were, you know, we had a good look around and it looked pretty good. Yeah. Even better view, bigger rooms. Uh, so, he, yeah, he knocks on the door and says, boys, I'm really sorry to do this, but we have to move again. And uh, I think I didn't really say anything. And then you said... Um, no, he then threw in. He goes, I'll give you a 5% discount. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the 5%. If you, if you, I'm really sorry, but someone's actually going to be in this room... Um, in a couple of days, so you won't be able to stay for yeah. the whole duration of your stay in this room. So I'm going to have to get you to move now, and I'll give you a 5% discount. Yeah, and I think we were probably pretty happy, you know, with his explanation and what we needed to do, but we just didn't want to move. That was lazy. Again, you know, move again after checking in. So you threw a compromise at him, said, can we move the day they arrive? And uh, and he hesitated, but he's agreed to us, and we've got a 5% discount. We've got a 5% discount. We're in the room for a couple of nights before we have to shift again. Um, and Evoca Palms can't speak highly enough of of the uh, the hotel. It's the show of unpaid, unpaid plugs, of course. And speaking of plugs, it's time for me to plug a little segment from the big tuna <laughs> fish himself. It is investigating the trend. Well, I've I've, uh, I've swum down south for warmer waters um, to join my fellow tuna fish down here, and um, yeah, look, going on what we're we're talking about, and I think with the latest announcements from you know the New South Wales government, Queensland as well announcing that they're going to be open open for travel, reunion, and seeing you know seeing family, friends, 
loved ones you haven't seen for a extended amount of time is the forefront of everyone's mind. But the trend that I had a look at is, uh, is it's exactly what we sort of touched on. So everyone's more than happy to go ahead and see their friends and family, but they're a little bit, I guess, um, concerned with how it looks and what it looks like uh, in terms of getting there. Mm. So there's no hesitation about getting there. It's more so uh, hesitation around, you know, what do I have to do? Do I need to show, you know, you've got to show vaccine passports. I mean, you and I have checked into a few places since we've got here and it's more so the, the vaccine passport thereafter. They don't want, they're, they're not so concerned about checking the green ticks for checking in. Whereas the past two years, it's been all about been have all about you checked, checked in, in, yeah. Have you checked in, do you have a mask on? So, you know, even me coming here, I, I forgot um, that masks are not mandatory in New South Wales in public areas. So I've got my mask on walking around and everyone can tell I'm a tourist because I'm not from here. But um, so I think that's from what I've, from what I've researched, that's the trend. So people have no hesitation about getting out there and seeing who they need to see. They're just not sure it's safe to do so and what it looks like. And things change pretty quickly. Mm. Government will just make an announcement on the day and new practice in place the next day. And, and, Look, firstly, thanks for sharing what, what you've what you've been reading. And, and I must say, um, it's been a week and a half or two weeks in Sydney since the lockdown's kind of lifted. And, yeah, you can tell there's a lot of people that are quite uneasy with the whole process. Every, it's it's kind of like, do you know what it's like? It's actually, it's actually like when you travel overseas and you go to a, a new country speaks a different language and you're not sure on the protocols and you don't want to be that twat of a tourist that doesn't follow the protocols of you know whatever the local culture is or whatever mm. the, you know how people just go about their day you want to make sure you you know you're doing the right thing and it kind of feels like that where you're in a foreign place and you're not really sure of what the process is what the protocols are what's offensive what's not what you can do what you can't and you just try not to be a, a dick it's exactly like that I mean, so part of this exemption that I have, you know, you mentioned I'm, I'm down here on, on business and I initially had to go south of Sydney as part of that trip and it was strange. It was like I was in a foreign land. So obviously there's a, a disparity right now between Greater Sydney, that location, and regional New South Wales. So for the first time I've gone from regional New South Wales to Greater Sydney and, you know, we, we see it on the news, we hear about it, we read about it, what's happening in Sydney but to actually experience it firsthand, it's completely different. It's it's really like two different worlds. And I think this will just be coming more and more across for a lot of people when they start to get outside of their local neighbourhoods, start to go into other towns and cities, go interstate, go abroad. We're just going to have to be really flexible knowing that what we might be used to in terms of the COVID protocols could be very different in another jurisdiction. So I think it just requires a little bit of patience. It requires a little bit of flexibility and fluidity as well, that people just need to kind of, you just kind of have to roll with it for a little bit of time yeah. for the next little while. We're all just kind of figuring this thing out yeah. called post lockdown. Post lockdown. And this of course has been, the Sean and G podcast. It's post-lockdown thoughts for season one. It's the reunion. It's the big tuna, the big bad wolf, 
uh, reuniting with his little tuna, his little red riding hood. Gee, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to sit down and, and have a yarn for the last 30 minutes and just uh, really catch up and, and just bask in this uh, beautiful environment we find ourselves in on the Central Coast. And I look forward to being able to have a few more of these moments in the coming weeks. Yeah, look, as day one comes to a close, um, I can say, I can honestly say I was a little bit unsure of what it looked like when I picked you up from Gosford train station. Um, having travelling down Man Street there. But um, to all our listeners, if you haven't already, like, share, subscribe, tune in, and we'll be back with episode two shortly. Ciao for now.